Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we play general manager and head coach. How should the Cardinals handle Week 18 with the playoffs right around the corner? The NFC West division title is still within reach, but might it be smarter to err on the side of caution with some players? Speaking of the playoffs, there are nine different scenarios when it comes to A, the opponent, and B, the location. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 521, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. So Chandler Jones might not want to talk about the playoffs, but we certainly do. Jones didn't even want to say the word playoffs or postseason, though I do understand why the question was asked him the other day, MJ. First time reaching the playoffs in his Cardinals career, but Chandler wanted no part of any talk about looking ahead, even about something like that. And I think Kyler kind of touched on that, where he said we knew we were going to make the playoffs, but we really haven't thought about the playoffs. And if you want to get momentum going based on what they did in Big D, this is a game you want to win. Again, you can't go back and change the three-game losing streak, uh, but you can definitely affect what's going to happen moving forward. And I do think they got their swagger back. I do think they're a much confident team. Uh, and, and they stepped on the field, and they showed a lot of energy. So I think there'll be carry over there knowing, hey, this is how we can play if we don't make mistakes, don't beat ourselves, and play complimentary football. And that, to me, is, is encouraging because the last thing you want to do is limp into the playoffs on a losing streak finishing 10-7. and seven. That would not be ideal. And whether if you buy into the idea or concept of momentum, I personally do. There is that feeling of winning football, feeling good moving forward. Yes, yeah, a week-to-week league. It's 1-0 mentality. But to your point, you go into the playoffs on a losing streak or losing four out of five, that's just – it's just not a recipe for success. Historically, Super Bowl teams, Super Bowl winning teams, do not limp, to use your word, into the postseason. They're playing some of their best football going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm sure that's why it was so disappointing for the Cowboys because, you know, they had one four in a row, regardless of who the quarterback was and the teams were. And here now, you know, it sounds like they're going to play their, their starters, you know, against the Eagles. But, you know, just go back to a year ago. How disappointed were we? After week 16 and 17, knowing that's all they had to do was win one game, uh, we know the circumstances. We know how it how it ended, and so th- it's that's the difference of this year. And the fact is, regardless of how they got in, um, you know they they had two games to go to kind of figure things out, and they and they and they, and they checked the first box. Now they got to check the second box. Well, one game now to determine whether they go in as the NFC West Division champions or as a wild card. There are nine different playoff scenarios. You can go to azcardinals.com to kind of get a look. But real quick, and I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not going to go through every scenario, MJ, but these are the most important ones. Win the NFC West, you enter as a two seed and host the Eagles. If Cardinals take care of business against the Seahawks at home, the 49ers beat the Rams on the road, and the Panthers beat the Buccaneers on the road. Now, that's the least likely of the scenario. If for no other reason, does anyone think the Panthers are going to beat the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay? No. Okay. So 
the next scenario. Unless Blaine Gabbert <laughs> plays the entire game, but they still, you know, they still have a good defense. Uh, to answer your question, no. No, I don't think so. Any given Sunday. True. Now, there is the option of the Cardinals going in as the number three seed and hosting the 49ers on Wild Card Weekend. That is, if the Cardinals win, 49ers win, and the Buccaneers win. I think that's a plausible scenario for the Cardinals, 49ers, and Buccaneers. I like that scenario. Yeah. All right. All other scenarios have the Cardinals on the road as the five seed. In Los Angeles, Wild Card Weekend, if the Seahawks win, 49ers win, Cowboys win Saturday night at Philadelphia, and the Buccaneers win. I don't know about the Seahawks winning on Sunday. That's just me. Or Cardinals play in Tampa Bay if the Seahawks 49ers, Cowboys, and Panthers win. Again, another unlikely scenario, especially when you toss in Carolina. In Dallas, the most likely with five different scenarios, and that's where all this conversation a week ago was, hey, we'll see you in two weeks. Cardinals and Cowboys, the rematch at AT AT&T Stadium. I like scenario number three, or I should say number two, Cardinals going in as a three seed, winning the NFC West. I do think that's a possibility. Yeah, again, you just got to take care of business, and then you know you become a Niners fan to beat the Rams, and then it changes everything. And 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 again, that we talked about it. Kyler talked about it. People will say the goal is to make the playoffs, but each team's goal is to win the division, guaranteed a home playoff game. Now you love to be the first seed, get a bye, um, but that's the goal. And here it's still within um, reach. But you have to take care of business and then hope to get a little bit of help by the Niners. In a moment here, Bird Gang, we'll talk about kind of the approach that this team is taking going into this week's game. But some other news and notes here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Got the email this morning. Wasn't expecting an email this morning, but congratulations (laughs) to Matt Prater. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week and Special Teams, unless it's a kick return, punt return, you just, I don't know, it's not top of mind for me, but again, you make all of your kicks, four field goals plus a PAT, Matt Prater accounted for 13 points on Sunday, that tied a season high, so the second time this season, Matt Prater honored with a special teams player of the week. Yeah, in 24, 53, 26, and 38. And, you know, Kyler talked about, you know, they still want to get uh, in the red zone and, and not kick field goals, get touchdowns. But I found this uh, stat interesting because we know, and I talked to Dave per- uh, Burkett, uh, I think it was before the season, and we had a message. We were messaging each other. And I think they were going through some situation with their kicker. And clearly, you know, Matt Prater wanted to sign here for obvious reasons, um, you know, plus the, his wife and everything. But he said he's he's a better kicker 50 yards and out. And I'm thinking, just based on history, yes. Um, right now, uh, Prater's seven field goals of 50 yards in 2021 ties his career for a single season, it's the fourth time in his career Prater has kicked seven field goals of 50 yards in a season. And, and this season, it's a Cardinals yeah, record. So right. he has the Cardinals record, and he's done it, and he might own the record for the Broncos and Lions as well. And with one game remaining, he's accumulated 125 points, 27 field goals, and 44, uh, I guess, extra points. That represents the fifth highest single total in franchise history, and let alone the misses. 
you talk about going from last week, and we talked about the Seattle game. They won the game. He thought it was his worst game. And then, you know, obviously missing field goals and extra points, and obviously it wasn't right. But just one week later, when things get settled down, you bring Andy Lee back, who's their best punter, and he's their best holder. We know Aaron Brewer. We're not talking about him unless a snap goes over someone's head. But Matt Prater, he's in a zone, and he showed it last week. And, and if this team is going to make a run, there could be a, an opportunity for him to make a pressure kick in the fourth quarter, whether it's to win it or to go over overtime. It's impressive when he has his snapper and his holder. Six misses when one of those two, either Aaron Brewer or Andy Lee, are not there. And, yeah, it does. It sounds so simple, though. Yet, I'm trying to come up with a good comparison or an analogy, but if you're missing one-third of what you want to do to accomplish, it's, it's like trying to ride your bike with one wheel or drive a car with three wheels as opposed to four. Can you do it? Well, yeah, you just have to shift some things, but it, it's, it's just not that easy. It sounds simple enough. Well, you just wait for it and then you kick the ball. Well, it's a process, as we'd like to say. Well, I think it's because Brewer's such a great snapper. The ball's coming back in a certain amount of time, and they work on that. It's about getting the ball down, and, and you have to be able to turn the laces. And, yeah, i got to assume Colt McCoy uh, tried that in practice, but it's much different when you got 10 or 11 guys coming at you. But Brewer does such a good job. And, and, and the holder, it's all you really got to do is, is make sure you possess it, like on a punt, and then get it down, but it's not as easy as you think just to turn the laces because clearly twice in that, and maybe even a third time with Harlow, the laces were not in the right direction, and that will screw up any kicker. I don't care if it's a Hall of Fame kicker or not. Yeah, so congratulations to Matt Prater, second time this season. He's been honored 14th time in his career, and seven times now a Cardinals player has been selected player of the week. And if you want to just start comparing he only is trailing Adam, Adam Benateri, who had 19. And we're talking about a guy that should be a Hall of Famer. Justin Tucker's in that boat. Matt Prater, you know, we'll see if more special teams. But the, when you mentioned Adam Benateri, and he's trailing five, and I know kickers, you know, they, their careers last a lot longer, like punters and long snappers, but pretty impressive. And when they signed him, I thought, this is going to be a great signing. I think it showed. Yes, they want touchdowns, but at least you're not, you know, coming away with zero points. Oh, there's no question his value to this team so far in the regular season. Now, hopefully it carries on into the postseason. Cardinals also got a nice shot in the arm. Four players activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. Left tackle DJ Humphreys, linebackers Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, plus cornerback Breon Borders. You get two starters, two rotation players, you did lose two players placed on the list, defensive lineman Zach Kerr and linebacker Tanner Vallejo, but I think a lot of people are happy to see Humpback and also Marcus Golden. Yeah, and you throw in even a guy like Kennard uh, just from a standpoint of, you know, he's a good special teams guy. Uh, no, not special teams. He's more of a guy that can set the edge. But clearly you want to get your starters back, and, and this will go a long way. And, again, I give Kelvin Beecham credit. And our colleague Danny Sarek mentioned that when it comes to the lineup on Friday, uh, Sunday, um, really it's the five guys that, you know, when you look at where they were and the fact that Garcia has more upside than Josh Jones, this is what they kind of planned on going into the season. And, you know, they had competition. Obviously, Brian Winters, uh, he decided to leave camp. They were hoping he would be some flexibility there. Justin Murray wasn't able to stay healthy. Uh, and, and, Craig, this is the perfect time 
to have the, your, your starting five, and we can make the case their best starting five. First time since November 7th at San Francisco in which, now it's not the five that started week one, but what we have come to know as your starting five, DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Max Garcia, Calvin Beecham, the last time you had all five of those on the field at the same time, you got to go back to the first weekend of November. Colt McCoy. Yes. That's the other interesting tidbit on this. Kyler Murray has never played behind that entire offensive line. That's that's actually that's kind of remarkable when you think about it. Stop to think about it. Yeah, and again, if this was, you know, late October, you're like, great, check back in December. Give me let me know what's going on in week 17, 18. All right, well, now we're going to week 18, and you have your horses back. I mean, these are the best five guys on, uh, that played this year from start to finish. Very, very impressive notes on that. And also some other notes with respects to the roster. Safety James Wiggins, designated for return, has not played since Green Bay. So you get perhaps, again, you're looking for guys to get healthy, to get depth. And speaking of depth, we can now discuss a long-rumored, long-reported signing to the practice squad. Veteran cornerback Bashad Breland is now with the Arizona Cardinals, a veteran of eight seasons with the Vikings earlier in the year. Things didn't work out. Don't know all the details, but he was released. So there was obviously something happened. There was an issue with either him and his coaches, him and his teammates, but he was on the street. Cardinals tried to sign him initially. He contacted, contracted COVID-19. They had to wait, but now he is on the practice squad. And it did seem, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, that there might be an opportunity here for Breland to get some significant playing time. That is, one, he learns the defense and is able to catch up with what is going on and what Vance Joseph is being asked of those secondary players. But you might see Breland on the football field this week. Yeah, the one thing he does have is experience. Um, you know, I remember when the Cardinals were playing the Vikings, I'm like, um, you know, depending on where Patrick Peterson lined up, I'm thinking you got to go after Breland because I know he wasn't 100%. And, and again, you at this time of the year, and according to Ian Rappaport or even Tom Palacero, there were other playoff contending teams that wanted to bring Breland in. And the Cardinals had him in earlier. Uh, they had more interest uh, when he was released, and then I don't think he was fully healthy, so then he, he had to wait, and then they decided to bring him in, and then he had COVID. And then, obviously, he's out of COVID. But, yeah, I mean, you can never have enough experience. Um, clearly, Marco Wilson, uh, we haven't seen him. We'll get an injury report this week. Um, but I do think, you know, with uh, – in and you'll give us the latest on Robert Alford here. So you still got Byron Murphy, Antonio Hamilton, and, and then you throw in Breland. And, and I got to think, you know, maybe Chase Whitaker or somebody else is going to be that fourth or fifth corner. Well, Kevin Peterson got Kevin Peters. some high praise from Coach Kingsbury earlier on Wednesday. Yeah. We know Peterson was beat for a touchdown, and sometimes it didn't always look good, but elevated from the practice squad of the active roster, held his own because it's much like an offensive lineman, that left tackle. How many snaps? 50, 60 snaps, and the one time you get beat is the one time you get highlighted, and that kind of – uh, cloud your judgment on how well you played. Yeah, and and I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Peterson because you know Whitaker would be behind him. But you know, I we were hoping Alford would return. Yeah, I was 
too, and that, this is kind of gets into a larger conversation as well. One, Marco Wilson was spotted working out on the side, still dealing with a shoulder injury. He's day-to-day. Alford remains on injured reserve. He is eligible to be activated, but according to Kingsbury, it's going to be a couple of weeks. So he didn't sound encouraged talking about Kingsbury. So we're left to say, all right, well, you can't count on Robert Alford this week and maybe not even next week in the playoffs. Yeah, and again, I I like the way that Hamilton's playing. You know, I thought Kevin Peterson had great coverage. He just got twisted on the Michael Gallup. um, Did you see Gallup said he felt that he tore his knee before he caught the ball? Yeah, I read that. Wow. I was impressed he came down with the ball because my mind is going somewhere else. But he said he he knew when he ran that route he tore something and he came down. But I thought Peterson had good coverage. He just got twisted like a little little pretzel. Um, We know Kevin Peterson is a guy that when they had the first overall waiver claim, they claimed him and he's been more of a special teams player. Um, But we all know um, when the numbers start stacking up uh, at a certain position, you got to have some flexibility. And he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. I think that's because he plays on special teams. And depth in the secondary, specifically at corner, you're going to need. And hopefully this team is getting a little healthier. Again, we don't know the severity of Marco Wilson. It was good to see him working out on the side, but he has yet to really go through any position drills, let alone team stretch. So, And that brings us to what we saw earlier on Wednesday during the open portion of practice. The good news is James Conner, Rondell Moore practicing and going through position drills. They've each missed the past two games. Did not see Chase Edmonds or Jordan Phillips, who has not played the past two games. Edmonds, and we think it's a rib issue. Again, the injury report is yet to come out here as we talk here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But Edmonds tapped out. He pulled himself out of that game late on Sunday, holding his midsection. So the conversation now becomes, as you look at Week 18 and the Cardinals hosting the Seahawks, with still, I think, a lot on the line and winning the NFC West. But the debate is, all right, if you have some players, i.e. James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Rondell Moore, Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, guys who are banged up. Now, I guess we need a definition of banged up versus hurt versus injured. But what do you do? How do you handle this week if you're the general manager? And I think this is a collective effort. Training staff, front office, coaching staff, how do you handle these, you know, half a dozen players with respects to we want to win, we want to win the division. It's not all in our control. Got to need some help. But also you want to be healthy come playoff time because that's when it really, really matters. Yeah, um, I think I think each player is a little bit different. Uh, Marco Wilson obviously is a young player. Um, I think teams have targeted him. And this is a quote from Kingsbury. We'll be smart with certain players, but we want to win the game. That's our goal. We feel like we've made a stride last week, and we want to keep the momentum. So I would hold Edmonds out because they're going to need him in the postseason. Eno Benjamin – um, if James Conner, we know that he's missed a few games, so maybe he's got some fresh legs. He looked like he was running fine today. And then you got Jonathan Ward, and we know Kyler Murray. Um, but I think certain players, and, and again, they're all valuable. But when you start looking at starters, if, if Edmonds is still dealing with that, this gives him another week to recover. And then you get that one-two punch along with uh, Kyler Murray. So, um, But, I, I, you know, I – I think this, if I can fast forward and kind of forecast or foreshadow, let's say we get to halftime and, and then the Cardinals are winning and you look at the other game and maybe the Rams are winning, i, I got to think at some point um, they're going to try to win the game, but uh, they're not going to sacrifice anybody 
to make sure that they um, are going to get, you know, we don't know about injuries. Obviously, if a guy's lingering, maybe he doesn't play all four quarters. But the whole idea is to win the game because now all of a sudden you're putting pressure on the Rams because they have to take care of business, and that's where the 49ers come in in handy. Winning the division, to me, is not as important as being healthy for the postseason. That seems odd as I say it out loud. Because you always want that home playoff game. You want to be able to say, we won the division. Yet, the long run, the longer play on all this, is being healthy for an extended postseason run. And I'm not saying rest players. That's that's a different conversation. I'm not saying you rest these players. I'm not resting Kyler Murray. He's not hurt. He's not injured. It's the players that are showing up consistently on the injury reports here after 17 weeks, going to 18 weeks, that might need benefit from a little extra rest. And you look back at how the Cardinals handled Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins after the Green Bay game. We were never told the severity of Murray's ankle injury. Only learned later that it was a high ankle sprain. Well, that's obviously multiple weeks. So we don't know the severity of Robert Alford's injury, although he's on IR. We don't know the severity of what James Conner went through with his heel, although it's good to see him on the practice field, and we don't know how much pain Chase Edmonds is in. So when you don't have all the information, it's harder to say, well, you should do this, you should do that, sit everyone, you don't want them to get hurt. Well, MJ, these guys can get hurt on the practice field that's right behind us. So, again, we're not resting players. Now, word earlier this morning was the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is not going to play. He's not hurt. He's not injured. He's resting for the postseason, and the Bengals still have an outside shot of getting that number one seed. That's their decision. Cardinals, again, I think have a better idea of what they have in that locker room as far as the health of players, and that's something that we'll never know. Yeah, so if I'm going to lean on the side of caution, and it looks like Alford is not ready to return even though he's eligible to return, and I'm going to be cautious with, with Chase Edmonds. Now, Bruce Arians, he's, he's going to play the starters. Now, if they get a lead on the Panthers and they can't improve their seating, maybe we will see Blake Bortles. Dallas and Philadelphia, again, they both have clinched a playoff spot. They're going to play the starters now that they play for The thing about Joe Burrow, he's coming off a torn ACL. He takes a lot of hits. So you're protecting your franchise. Last thing you want – something to happen in week 18 True. where all of a sudden all that goodwill and all the connections and how they're throwing the football and they're running the ball, uh, you you got you got to preserve those guys. But he's taken a lot of hits this year, so I, I understand that. And you, you can't roll them out there and say, wow, you know, we're already in a playoff. So I think each situation is different. But teams say they're going to play their guys, Belichick and all of them. We'll see how many <laughs> play all four quarters because a lot of it's going to dictate on – because – you. Good thing the Cardinals beat the Cowboys because I feel like they got some momentum. I think they got their swag back. I think they're more confident. Um, but if you limp into the playoffs, you just can't flick that switch. You want to be playing your best football, and you want to play a clean game, and you want to make sure everyone comes out of there healthy. But I, I think each team is different, and, and I completely understand the Cincinnati situation because Joe Mixon's taken a lot of hits this year. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, if you're Jamar Chase, I mean, it's nice to get it reps, but – you got to make sure you protect your investments. What you don't want to have happen is rest lead to rust and too much rest to where it takes you a while to get back, and then all of a sudden 
that time is the playoffs, and there is no time to get ready. You have to land on your feet and be ready. So that's the other thing. It's it's easy to oh, rest, you'll be fine. Like, well, you take a step back, and these guys are creatures of habit. They go through a schedule, and you interrupt that schedule, and then all of a sudden it throws everything off. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, Aaron Rodgers, they have the number one seed. Um, they're playing the Lions. Um, I wouldn't – I mean, unless he's got some incentives in his contract, and I'm sure, you know, he's probably hit all of those already. Um, I, I don't know the purpose if they're number one seed. But the problem is the next time they play, it's going to be a few weeks. And so guys will get their four days off, and then you're not you, – you don't even know who your opponent is until after the weekend. And – I guess we'll see how they play in that first quarter, or you know, when they same thing with the Chiefs if they're the number one seed. So uh, I think everything's a little. Uh, I think you got to look at the team, uh, where they are, and who you're trying to protect going forward when it comes to the postseason. I agree with you. I would not sacrifice it just to get a division title if I'm going to lose players. I'm not saying that as we can't predict that stuff, um, but I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Make sure. Um, the guys that you need in the postseason, Robert Alford and Chase Edmonds, make sure they're ready to get ready in that wild card weekend. By the way, I do not believe for one minute that Kingsbury will not have someone. It might not be himself, but he was asked earlier, will he be monitoring the 49ers-Rams game? And he said, no, we won't have anyone monitoring the game. I don't buy that for a minute. There is going to be someone in the coach's box that is paying attention because of what you said. All of a sudden – how well you're playing or whatever, and then you know you get to the third quarter, fourth quarter, and all of a sudden maybe Kyler Murray sits and you see Colt McCoy or you see Trace McSorley if he's active or if James Conner is playing, he's only playing a half. But someone, I repeat, someone within this organization on Sunday with an ear to the head coach is going to be saying, this is what's going on. Now, it might not be quarterly updates, but, hey, come third quarter, three minutes to go, hey, the Rams are leading by 28 points. It's not looking good. Okay. Now we back off. But I do think you have to, especially with those starters, offense and defense and special teams, at least get them on the field and treat it like not a preseason game, but it's a regular game until maybe you shorten it purposely to three quarters or three quarters and six minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, and from a player's perspective, I, I would not focus on that. Let, let let other people. Now, again, when they go in for halftime, I'm sure you, they have TVs in there. I mean, maybe they're off during halftime because they're, they're trying to focus and, you know, they go in their different position groups. But, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a scenario where uh, now normally during the timeout, don't they show the early scores in the stadium? There are, I'm trying to think how many, but there's at least one, maybe two updates as far as what's happening across the National Football League. Right, and, but I don't think we're going to be getting, like, updates every 10 minutes. No. No, but people have their phones. I'll say this, though. If you listen to Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, you can better be sure that Pash and Wolf will be updating what's going on at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, we can't – they can't hide from it. No. We're not gonna. We're gonna be talking about it in the press box. I'll be mentioning it on social media. I yeah. mean, why not? I mean, yeah. you, you have to, cause, and that's the fun of it. Now, the negative in all of this is the fact that the Cardinals don't control their own destiny with respects to winning the division. Yeah. So, and that plays a factor in because if maybe it was, hey, you win, you're the division champs. Maybe this week is treated a little bit differently because now it's on your shoulders, and you win, you host a playoff game, and it's. As bad as this team has played recently at State Farm Stadium, I will 
take a home playoff game versus going on the road. It, it, it lessens the air travel, everything else. You know, this team doesn't play bad at home. It hasn't looked good, but this team plays much better on the road. But if you're going to ask me, give me a home playoff game. Yeah, and, and they have an opportunity to get to 4-4 four and four there. Yes. Now, we we all know the NFL. They, they have a doubleheader on Saturday, Kansas City, Denver, and then Dallas, Philadelphia, and then you got a bunch of morning games. But it's interesting. At 425, Seattle at Arizona, New Orleans at Atlanta, Jets at Buffalo, Frisco at Rams, New England at Miami, Carolina at Tampa. I'm, I'm sure there's other games like Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the morning, and you know Tennessee has to win, obviously, to probably uh, win the division. Colts are trying to get in, but it's just fascinating. At the 425 kicks, there's so much on the line. I mean, there's there's all day it really is, but some teams have been eliminated, like Detroit. They're playing Green Bay. Houston's playing Tennessee. Indianapolis is playing Jacksonville. Minnesota and, and Chicago are playing each other. Uh, the Giants and, and the Washington football team. But when you get in the afternoon, um, Buffalo's still trying to lock up the, the the AFC East, and they got the Jets. We know the Rams and 49ers. Uh, New England's in Miami, uh, obviously a division game. And then, like you talked about, you know, Tampa uh, against Carolina. Tampa wants to be a higher seed. They don't want to drop and have the Cowboys pass them. By the way, with the 49ers, it's very simple for them. Win, and they're in. Now, they can back themselves into the postseason if the Saints lose at the Falcons, and you touched on it. All these games are kicking off at 225 Arizona time, and this coming from San Francisco, head coach Kyle Shanahan will not make a public declaration as far as who will be starting at quarterback, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. So according to reports coming out of San Francisco, he will not make his decision known publicly before kickoff. Well, maybe we'll see both. Yeah, there you go. You keep the the uh, keep the Rams guessing. Maybe yeah. there is a uh, Trey Lance sighting. I, I I I love the fact now for the Niners to win, they're in. I mean, versus win and then sit by the phone or yeah. wait. That's awesome because I mean they are literally playing for something, and they can knock you know give another blemish to the Rams, and we would send them a bouquet. Yes, yes, we would. <laughs> Big 49ers fans this week. <laughs> Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Wednesday we hear from quarterback Kyler Murray, and as much as there was talk about the playoffs and the Seahawks, I singled out one particular aspect because it was something that I wanted to dive into on today's show, and that was the red zone and the fact that this team, for whatever reason right now, is having difficulty scoring inside the 20-yard line. Two of four on Sunday, and it's good when the quarterback comes out and says, we kicked too many field goals in the red zone. And it was something that this team did not have a lot of issues with earlier in the year, but now over the past four games – and remember, DeAndre Hopkins has not been on the field for three of them. But in the past four games, Cardinals are 5 of 14 inside the red zone. Now, they've won two of those three games. But you can't come away with three points. And the two areas or the two red zone mistakes, I wouldn't say mistakes, two empty possessions inside the red zone on Sunday was the first quarter when you had first and goal and the second and goal at the one, when you didn't run it. Now, you run a quick slant to A.J. Green, batted up in the air. That nearly was an interception. 
So hopefully quarterback, head coach, whoever made that decision to throw it, again, Cliff calls the plays, but Kyler checks out at some, that doesn't happen again. And we talked about it on Monday because second and goal from the one, with or without James Conner, Chase Edmonds, you run the football. Whether you're running between the tackles or you bootleg Kyler Murray out. That If there's another goal-to-go situation from the one or two-yard line, I don't want to see a pass play. No, I don't. And, and I go back to that Rams game. Um, when they were on the goal line, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if he telegraphed it. He got to make a quick throw. The ball was tipped by Aaron Donald. Ernest Jones dropped the route, and uh, Zach Ertz. You know, they, they targeted Zach Ertz down there. I do think you know, without having Connor and Hop, and I know Hop's been out for a while, but they, they've had a lot of their red zone touchdowns. But doesn't mean Murray can't fake it and then do what he does when he can just basically put the ball in the air at the five yard line and walk to the pylon. Because he has the ability, but I'm with you. I didn't like the fact when they got the ball back at four minutes, the first play was a pass. But you know, Cliff's going to be aggressive, but also you have to know down and distance. That, you know, versus they don't have timeouts, and we're just going to run the clock out. But after that, they definitely ran the football. Second, but time. Ertz made a nice catch though. On when they when they were trying to oh the running the clock out the in the four-minute drill. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was – So, I mean, you just can't – because Dallas thinks they're going to run the ball too, but I, Ertz, I mean, that's football IQ right there. Just go down. So, you know, you can see why they did that, but for the most part, I'm going to start on first down and run the football. Yeah. Speaking of Zach Ertz, the second empty possession inside the red zone with respect to scoring a touchdown on Sunday. Third quarter, Cardinals third and five at the Dallas eight. Did not mind a pass play there. But Kyler Murray sometimes, and this is this I think we all have to live with, because as great as a quarterback as he is with his arm and his legs, he's going to make the spectacular plays sometimes look routine. He's also going to make those same spectacular plays, and then you're looking at it and going, well, why did you do that? Because this happened as a result. He's pressured by Micah Parsons, backpedals, and I don't know if there's a quarterback in the league that throws off his back foot more than Kyler Murray does, but he threw into double coverage looking for Zach Ertz, and that ball should have been picked off by J. Ron Curse. So you nearly had two red zone interceptions. Again, not so much the decision-making, but sometimes it is the decision on what you're doing on that particular play. Didn't mind the pass play, but throw the ball away. Don't try to be a hero. He puts that ball where it needs to be nine times out of ten, but those one time or two times, you're like, that's just not a smart play. But he believes in his own ability that he can make that throw. He can make that play, and he's confident in his receivers that they can make that catch. Sometimes, though, I think the risk-reward, he tries to – not error on the side of caution to be pushes the envelope a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I I, I will say this though, if they're if they're going with that zero blitz, um, I mean he's he's connected with Kirsten Kirk. Now the fact is you cannot underthrow that, and you're right, he does throw off his back foot, but I think it gives him enough um, air to where you can go out there and get it. Either your receiver gets it, yeah. or it's incomplete. Correct, and and that's the, when he's done that a few times, and. I'm with you. I, I just think we got to take the, the good with the bad um, and hopefully more good. Uh, I like what um, Chandler Jones was saying yesterday. He's he's vocal in that locker room. I mean, you can hear him. And he's not afraid to call guys out. And, and it's nothing personal, um, but he expects you to play at a high standard, and I like what he says. 
we all know that having Rodney Hudson back and, and, and having the output, but he said, listen, I trust these guys. Like they were asked, what about Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward if they had to play this week? I trust those guys. But I, I like the fact that he, he's barking more and he's more vocal. Is he ever going to be a great leader? I don't know. But he's matured, and, he, and, and, and it's not like he's doing you know, embarrassing guys. I think that did happen possibly with the Max Garcia. Um, I think he's learned that there's a time and a place for that. But the fact is that in practice he will call guys yes. out. And that's accountability. Like, I'm out here doing my job. Don't, there's no 80% here. I know we're not supposed to hit each other. We're supposed to stay, you know, stay off the ground. But uh, listen, when he when when he plays like he should and like he did, players players gravitate to that kind of stuff. You don't want to see a guy go to the sidelines with his head down. So I I like the fact that he's matured to where he's not afraid. This is his team, and they all know it. Christian Kirk mentioned that Murray demands excellence out of himself and out of his teammates. And if it's not excellent, then, yeah, you're going to get barked at, i.e. Antoine Wesley, Josh Jones. And then how do you respond? And then once you respond and show you, one, you can handle the barking and then you improve your play, you're going to get the congratulations. You're going to get the props. You're going to get the praise. And then with Wesley, you're going to get more chances. Yeah, and and he basically said, keep coming to me. And he did. So, yeah, like I said, I, I know Kyler – you know, so I, I I was critical of some of the body language on the sidelines. I, I know because he's such a fierce competitor, and he wants you to, like Kirk said, you know, preaches you know, excellence. He wants you to, you know, give your best, and I think they are. But, you know, he doesn't have patience for, like, mental errors and stuff that, you know, because he's really the first guy, and I think it was Super Bowl, we just talked about the little things, going, you know, five wins and eight wins. He said, we got to do the little things, and when they do the little things – they're a really good football team. They don't beat themselves. It was an interview with Pat McAfee, and I don't know if he made any other appearances during Super Bowl week, but you're right. It was the first time postseason in which everyone started, or not everyone, but he brought up the word little things and what this team needed to do to make sure that they were able to get back and not suffer like they did down the stretch last season. And this team is concentrating on the little things. Now, are there still little things that are popping up? Yeah, but I don't think nearly as many as there were this time a year ago. No, and I asked him, I said, you've been harping um, since last year about the little things, and here you guys go out and you're on the run of football. Um, you know, you guys play complimentary football. You play with a lead. And and he said, yeah, he, but he said, we left, we left some stuff on the field again. Uh, you know, they, they say it every single week. I mean, uh, I like to see this team play a clean game. You're never, it's never going to be perfect, though. I mean, you're talking about 22 players running after each other, 11 on 11. It, it's it's that's the human element. That's the reality of sports. I mean, you just don't you think you know you really don't know what's going to happen. Cardinals Cover Two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We don't know what's going to happen this weekend. The Cardinals host the Seahawks on Sunday, January 9th, 2:25 is the kickoff. 9:30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. First time for Kyler Murray to face the Seahawks this season. Earlier in the year, that was one of the three games that Kyler missed, and Colt McCoy was very, very good against that Seattle defense, which, MJ, these numbers, they are 30th overall, number 18 against the run, but number two in rushing yards per play, number 31 against the pass. They don't get to the quarterback, only 29 sacks, fourth fewest in the league. However, they're only allowing 21 points a game. They're number six in the red zone. 
They're pretty good on third down, very good on fourth down. It seems to me that it's the ultimate bend but don't break defense, especially when you get inside the 20-yard line. I'll say this, though. I think their secondary has played well maybe since week five or six. I mean, they went out and made a trade for Sidney Jones. He's kind of been a guy. Uh, Diggs, um, they got, brought a guy in from San Francisco, and, and the fact is they lost Jamal Adams. I mean, Jamal Adams is, you know, a lot of people questioning, you know, was it worth two first-round picks? He's a box safety. Can he cover? Um, but I really think it's, it, it, you know, they're getting enough little pressure up front. But their secondary is a lot better than I initially thought. And and you could see that, you know, just based on what they're doing up front, you, if those guys can hold coverage, that's going to make it easier for the front seven. But I, I think their secondary has definitely improved from the last time the Cardinals played them. Absolutely. Colt McCoy, 328 yards passing, two touchdowns, but that's a defense that has kind of improved vastly. And you mentioned no Jamal Adams. They don't have their rookie cornerback, Trey Brown, the fourth-round pick out of Oklahoma. He suffered a season-ending knee injury in the first game against the Cardinals, and we're wondering if their leading tackler, Bobby Wagner, is going to play this week. He suffered a sprained knee on the game's first play against the Lions. Now, early reports were that he was definitely out. Head coach Pete Carroll has not quite gone that far, but a veteran playing in what for the Seahawks would be a meaningless game. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but if you don't have a Bobby Wagner, you don't have a Jamal Adams, it is going to be a different-looking defense that the Cardinals have seen, and also Kyler Murray, his first time against the Seahawks defense. Yeah, it, it, you know, I was talking to John Boyle. I said it's going to be weird if we want to see Bobby Wagner out there. I mean, he's been a fixture, uh, and, and they went out and got that uh, uh, Brooks from Texas Tech, and I think he's done a really good job filling in for K.J. Wright, but Bobby – Kind of like Jordan Hicks was for us for the last couple of years. I mean, you just automatically see him out there. Now, you know, I don't know if he's got any incentives. He, he, every year he has over 150 tackles, it seems like. And I'm maybe being uh, exaggerating. But uh, for me, if he's got an MCL or it's a sprain or a PCL, I don't I don't see the risk. I would, I don't, I, I would not risk it. But, again, he, he's he's kind of the glue of that defense. He gets everyone lined up. And I, and I think the, the Brooks kid from Texas Tech, um, I think he's done a nice job, but he's not Bobby Wagner. Well, Jordan Brooks had a game-high 15 tackles against the Cardinals earlier. You've got Quandre Diggs in the secondary, yeah. five interceptions, seven passes defense. DJ Reed, two interceptions, a team-best 10 passes defense. So they do have some playmakers, but when you put them all together, I just don't think it's been enough for the Seahawks this season, and it's why they're 6-10. and 10. Yeah, and I, I want to say, though, the reason why they put up that 50-berg is because they, they forced some turnovers. I think they may have had a pick six in that game. Correct. One of the corners, yeah. So that that's um, – but, again, if the Cardinals can run the football, play action, then you got to utilize, you know, what they're going to do. Um, uh, if the Cardinals can run the football and then utilize play action – you're going to have to test that secondary. And it will be a good test, an excellent test for that Seahawks secondary going up against Kyler Murray. Like what we talked about going into the Cowboys game, their four-game winning streak, what quarterbacks did they face? Well, now all of a sudden the Seahawks are facing Kyler Murray for the first time this season. What do they see on film? How much of an improvement has Kyler Murray made in the eyes of the Seahawks defense and head coach Pete Carroll? Again, it, it, it one, it's going to be odd. I mean, they've already minus the Legion of Boom. I mean, there's Bobby Wagner's the last man standing, and he might not be on that football field on Sunday. Yeah. 
uh, you know, again, uh, Ken Norton's been in that system for a while, so you know, just like anything else, they're going to have to rely on some some other players. But yeah, you don't replace Bobby Wagner. But um, Jordan Brooks is that Jordan Brooks? Jordan Brooks. I mean, I know that Cliff he he was at Texas Tech, and we, we always kind of look at the combine. This guy that was a really good draft pick. I mean, I think them forced them not to bring back KJ Wright, and he was a free agent for a long, long time. It's, uh, you know, you get that opportunity. What do you do with that opportunity? And he's long. I mean, he's he's going to be a good player. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll ever replace Bobby Wagner just from the Pro Bowls and the and the, and the All-Pros. But, now you all, you have to have a guy like that in the middle. And he's probably there, Isaiah Simmons, when you talk 15 tackles. So we'll see what awaits this Cardinals offense on Sunday. Much more on this matchup as the week progresses. We look forward, as we always do, to hearing from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. What will he do against Russell Wilson for a second time? But really, I think now a first time against a healthy Russell Wilson, who was playing his second game after finger surgery and was a little rusty. But we can get into that on our next show. Yeah, I talked to a scout who – he he was busy, and I didn't want to take too much of his time because he literally is scouting five teams that they could possibly play, the scouting department are. I right mean, now, yes. Take out the Packers, but depending, they have to prepare. You just can't you know wake up on, on, or figure it out on Sunday night. So the scouts are working around. The, they're, they're studying scouting five different teams. But he was at the game. He said that's the best game the Seahawks have played this year. And he said Russell Wilson – I think it was his second game back when the Cardinals played him. His yes. second game back, he said he looks completely different. Well, and well, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and then the tight end. Um, so yeah, and, and they're running the football. I mean, Chris Carson couldn't stay healthy. Rashad Penny, first round pick, and so you know, again, anytime you talk about Seahawks beating X, you know, the Lions, and I'm like, okay, well, we lost to the Lions. You you have to say, well, it was the Lions, but they. They were a much better team. wasn't even close when they were playing the Lions last week. Yeah, 51 points the Seahawks put up on the Lions, and that's what's up next for this Arizona Cardinals defense. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.